Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Life and Purpose, with me, Wanjiko Kiari. In this podcast, we shall be having real conversations and stories on the journey to self-discovery, evolution, learning, and personal development. Do you ever question your existence? I do, and I'd like to invite you for us to share, learn, and to live and be the best version of ourselves. So join me. Today, I'm privileged and honored to have the amazing Rachel from Thriving Supermama on the show. Rachel, karibu sana and um, introduce yourself. Thank you so much, Ranjiku. It's really a pleasure to be in the Life and Purpose podcast. My name is Rachel Murugi Mboko, and I am a woman, of course. <laughs> um, I'm a mom, a wife, and as you mentioned, Thriving Supermama is what most people really know me around, uh, which is a motherhood millennial support uh, group or digital media. Uh, which I run, and I'm really happy to see more women getting into it, jumping into reading the articles that we produce, listening to what we talk to them about, just in supporting them. So that is uh, who I am in a small nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you for that. Before we get to what you're doing with uh, Thriving Supermama in detail, Let's get to that a bit more. Mm-hmm. How was your life growing up? How was your childhood? Um, you know, how how was it? How was it for you? Uh, well, growing up, uh, I was the firstborn. Um, well, up to us, I, I, I say was because up to a certain age uh, in my adulting, we got to know we have a stepbrother, older stepbrother. So the dynamics of my firstbornness changed. <laughs> but well, <laughs> I grew up most of my life knowing I'm the firstborn. And uh, therefore, my childhood was um, kind of mixed. Growing up as a firstborn, I see pictures. My dad have, getting a daughter was very happy to have me. I could, my mom says I used to be dressed good, tailored clothes, designer clothes. And uh, so I was really the apple of uh, my parents' eye. And then I remember what I have a great memory of was when I was around probably six, seven, my parents had to leave me with my grandmother for one year fully and then once in a while around the second year as well. So I grew up in the rural setting um, with my grandparents and my parents came to Nairobi to see greener pastures. So that for me was kind of mixed because I used to exchange a lot of correspondence, like letters with my mom and tell her how much I love her. And I feel like I think I went through a season of abandonment quote-unquote right Mm -hmm. I felt like you know maybe why are my parents not with me I think when you're a bit younger you may not really understand but I got to understand as I grew older um, but it was generally happy. I have memories of my dad teaching me how to ride a bike. Uh, so they made up for their lost time by visiting in most weekends and bringing me quite a number of gifts. So that is a great memory I have. And I grew up, of course, with my cousins. I got to learn how to farm quite early. So, um, <laughs> so I'm impressed. 
and the macadamia plantations and coffee. So I grew up seeing that and around the plantations, around the farming environment. Now I, I got to learn more about town life. And uh, now I'm the born 90s. So uh, born 90s is almost like, we can call that millennials. I mean, the millennials gap, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we got kind of a lot of uh, you know things coming along. That's when uh, rising stars were there. Beyonce, um, Chris Brown were starting off their careers in music, and Rihanna. And of course, I know word for word to most of the initial songs they contributed <laughs> childhood. Yeah. And um, all through um came to the capital. I had a had a culture shock, of course. <laughs> of you know the rural life town life but kind of quickly adjusted i was also quite a smart kid i must say um my childhood was really mixed mixed up um life kind of you know because i changed schools a lot growing up uh, of course i've mentioned like the culture shock coming from a rural setting to an urban setting i had to now adjust to what the town people <laughs> kind of know. <laughs> and um, since I changed schools, I still performed quite well in school. So I think there are people in my junior school who would think I was a bookworm. If they, if you ask them, tell me something about Rachel. Yeah. So, <laughs> and um, then I went to high school. And I think when you go to high school, I don't know whether that's part of childhood. That's early adulthood, I guess. But um, basically, that's how my childhood was. Mixed emotions, moving to places, being a firstborn, and of course, getting to sometimes discipline my siblings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's how it was. Sometimes our okay. Sometimes actually most of the times our experiences um while growing up yeah. really do come to to showcase themselves in our adult life. Do you feel like there are certain things you experienced growing up that right now you see yourself either behaving uh, in a certain manner because of them or, you know, were there any traumas that you have had to deal with in your adult life that you think you picked up from childhood? Um yeah, well, I think that element of being, okay, let me call it abandoned in court. I know right now okay. my, my parents did what they had to do by leaving me with my grandparents, not like I was in a stranger. But it did affect me a lot um, growing up and especially in my teen years uh, because I kind of felt like, you know, I wasn't valued or I wasn't treasured enough to to be closer with the rest of the children. Um, so. Mm-hmm. How it played out is that when I got my own children, I think I was like, I cannot allow them to stay in another place for so long, right? And it mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to you know to let go of my kids, to know that they are their own and they can. Okay, I haven't given when I go to my mom's place, I go with them and stay with them there. So every time I think about leaving them with their grandparents, I flinch. Because I probably think that they may feel the same way, you know. Um, so that has definitely affected how I, you know, I I relate, <laughs> or I think about leaving <laughs> children with some with other people for a long period of time, even if it's family. Um, of course, the firstborn effect rubs in on you all along your life, right? Even as I mentioned, we I got a 
stepbrother later in, on in my life and we we are we are in good terms but um uh this, that still firstborn effect kind of rubs on on you <laughs> where people look up on mm. you and that's not a trauma per se it's really just how my birth order affects how I relate with other people. I hear you, the responsible, you know, yeah. <laughs> wanting to take care of everybody, firstborn, manenos. Yeah? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that whole issue of, you know, so my, a lot of expectations. Not only are they my own expectations towards myself, but you almost feel like you're carrying the whole village's expectations, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that has definitely that I think that I can say has shaped my my life currently. Yeah. Oh, wow. Tell me about um your young adult life. So mm-hmm. you finish high school, you are doing well in school. How does that now transition into you figuring out what career you want to pursue and how did that process go? Um well um high school I didn't really finish high school very long ago. I think I finished high school in less than ten years ago. So but in those ten years I think most Kenyans can attest that's a long time for things to happen. So I'm in the bandwagon of those <laughs> <laughs> and um I, well, I finished uh, high school and, of course, I got a boyfriend who I really thought we would get married. Um, so uh, so I think my after high school life was filled with, you know, socializing, getting to now know the world out here. But funny enough, I I was very enterprising. I've always been very enterprising. I think most of my friends can tell you, Rachel is almost always selling something. I'm even wondering why she hasn't sold me, you know? So <laughs> when, after I finished high school, I decided I won't. I was doing some beadwork with my mom, which I was selling. And then I did my normal computer work, getting to learn more about computers. And I decided that, you know what? I think I'm good in acting. Let me try it out. So I started going for rehearsals for set book and I joined a team and then we started acting the, the set books which Kenyan students read and so I was I crammed a few characters and I started getting paid for it uh, which one of the biggest uh, one that I had done was um, a certain one called the Will Rider it was just me in the market and the Kenya Institute of Education wanted to bring it out. So we did a recording and I was paid for it. At the time, I did not have an ID and I was impressed. I was yeah. like, okay, wow, this is this is nice. I can earn 12000 for working for around four days and shooting. And that was really dope. So I tried to continue in that until uh, I joined to a traveling theater to go all the way to Kitui and we got conned over there because we weren't paid by the director and producer. And that was such a new experience for me. It really taught me life firsthand. You know, when you're off the school system, that one, you can get conned. One, you don't have an action card and you're so far away from home. How do you get back? And I remember we were, because we hadn't paid for the hotel, we, our things were locked in the hotel because the producer hadn't paid. So I had to, let's say, away from Kitui and come all the way to the capital. (laughs) And my parents just sent me money and I had to come back. And then I went back a month later to take my thing. So that was really an early experience of, you know, life and how hard work gets you in. Um, Yeah, then I think I... 
I joined university later on and after joining university, my university was not filled with, okay, it was my first year with normal orientation, trying to do the band. I used to sing. I don't sing anymore. And then, and then uh, fast forward in my third year, I, I vied for a political seat in the university element. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I predisposed myself to boon life and politics and how university politics really is. So that's also a huge life experience. Like, well, you know, when you're rejected by people or you're booed a thousand times sometimes or you're celebrated, it really, that's like, uh, it's, it's a huge thing, right? Yeah. So then after finishing university, I had done project planning and management and I didn't get a job based on what I studied, never have. I just uh, decided to work in a restaurant and and then, yeah, work in a restaurant, did did the normal waiting jobs, um, then started helping in the offices. And then I got pregnant and I couldn't necessarily go back. Yeah, so I had to figure out what I needed to do because jobs were not coming by based on what I had studied. Yeah, and yeah, what I do now is just a recreation or a molting stage, like the way a snake always molts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's totally different to what I I studied, but I can say that some of the things that I picked along the way definitely have put me here. So I can't really say that my uh, now adulting was quite of like a straight line. It actually was not, you know, in terms of like, oh, this is what I want to do in my career and this is what I get. Uh, actually not. <laughs> that, that's really interesting, Rachel. And what I like is how bold you were in trying out or exploring different things, yeah. um, you know, from theater life <laughs> to <laughs> amazing experiences of being called, you know, all those are moments where you get to pick up invaluable lessons, to be honest. Yeah. And, um, you know, even after not getting a job, you you still, you know, picked yourself up and did something different. Mm. And, and I think that's really commendable. That tenacity is really good. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Thriving Supermama. Mm-hmm. Where did the idea stem from? How did you think of starting it? Um, what is it? Tell us about it. Thank you. So Thriving Supermama is a millennial motherhood digital support. Uh, by digital support, I mean we have a website, um, thrivingsupermama.com. We have a podcast, Thriving Supermama, and Instagram pages and Facebook, all under Thriving Supermama. And also a Facebook group, Thriving Supermama Community. And all these are just digital media to support moms with information. I also host experts, you know, around parenting to give mom uh, a more informed way of, you know, being parenting, you know. So we give them tips. Uh, we are we have Ask a Doctor sessions and it's all inclusive of just offering mom's support in terms of great information in on, on parenting. And how it began is I'm a mother of two, currently two and a three. So that's been a short while. And when I got my first baby, um, I was predisposed to a lot of information. And most of the information I consumed was 
from UK website and they would track my baby. They would help me almost accurately, you know, which I also use up to date for both of my children. And every time I would go to the clinic, I would be like people, most of the moms that I see around are not necessarily as informed as I do. And most people also, most moms don't become very intentional in seeking information anyway, you know. I felt like most moms are just are just they ju- they just pass down their information like your mother did this so you're going to do this. But sometimes what worked for your mother is not what will work for you, yeah? yeah. Yeah. So I was really motivated to start this um when my second baby after my second child was born, we were still jobless with my husband and I wanted to get myself out there and actually give women this empowerment of writing uh, of the, just the written articles and also the information. So I just woke up one day, I told my husband, you know what, I think I want to start a website. And she was like, he was like, okay, have, do you have enough savings for that? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe you can just boost me a bit. And I looked for also a co-founder, a lady who had, who's also a mom like me and uh, who I thought, I, I thought I needed somebody to also hold my hand. We shared the idea. And decided, okay, let's kickstart it. Let's start. Let's get some contributors and me and I can write. And we started researching and and then also I started seeking to get other experts around. And we started Instagram live sessions. And that's how we are at the moment to and hope to become a trusted source of information when it comes to moms when they're looking for information. Yeah, so that was basically how we, how I, I, I decided to be um, motivated by the fact that uh, most women really don't have information of basic things of even what to carry in your baby bag, you know, what to carry when you're traveling with a baby, teething issues, you know, and uh, the Facebook, I wanted to mention also the Facebook groups that I belonged to for moms, especially in the Kenyan context, they really lacked an element of information. Most of them you would find that, yes, a lady would post like, oh, my baby is not, um, the umbilical cord is not drying out well. What do I do? And in the comment section, so many women are giving so many varied answers, right? So yeah, that was like, so you, as a, in my mind, I used to wonder if I'm the person who wrote that question, which answer would I go to with? Will I go with the one, oh, wipe using cotton wool, oh, wipe using surgical spirit, oh, rush to the hospital, oh, you need water, oh, don't do anything to it. So all this information is so, um, is so different from, and it's not consistent, right? So we needed a media that can actually tell moms exactly what to do from an expert base. That's very, very good. And I really am an intentional parent and I I read a lot yes. about parenting, you know, um, how to take care of babies. You know, of course, I'm a mom as well. Yes. And I really like what you're doing. As you say, it's very good to have these things contextualized in our own local context such yeah. that people getting advice they're able to relate with it or at least even when you're talking about where to purchase this and that yeah you're you're talking about places that actually other moms can access that's really really good yeah that's true that's true because even for instance when i was as yes i would get in for great information uh in the um you know 
the blogs from overseas. But now when it comes to something like weaning your baby, the foods that are recommended are things that we are probably not very familiar with. You know, where am I going to get chicken nuggets to give my African (laughs) (laughs) baby, you know? Uh, Yeah. The information had to really come down to what we relate to, what we even have locally available, you know, because some even some fruits that probably people eat we not we don't necessarily eat here because they are probably not in season here anyway you know mm-hmm. so those are some of the things that as you even as you say where to buy some of the mom stuff um you know or the baby stuff we recommend that for you from a, a Kenyan and African context Awesome. Do you have um, events that you hold where you invite moms to also share idea, share ideas, share experiences? Because that's usually also a very rich way mm. of passing across information. Yeah, so we intended to actually have one, but, you know, COVID happened and we could not. Um, so mm-hmm. we weren't able to actually have one-on-one meet. And planning a webinar was becoming a little bit challenging, um, mostly because, you know, if such an event is better, one intimate, so that many mm-hmm. can actually have a wholesome and wholesome experience. So we do intend to have that in the near future uh, because we are just less than half a year old and coming up with uh, a physical event where moms get to meet. Now that, you know, the restrictions are, people are more settled in on that. It's get, it, it can get a little bit easier to have an address with people and even, you know, feature a few brands, come up with a pop-up market where moms can buy a variety of mom items, mom and baby items. Those are some of the things that we do have in the pipeline. So we haven't done it before, but we'd love to do it in the near future. Great. That that will be awesome. And we are going to leave uh, links to your website and all your social media pages on the podcast uh, notes, the episode notes of this uh, episode. Um, before we go there, let me ask you, because this podcast, my podcast is about life and purpose and uh, stepping into purpose when you're leaving is one of the most profound things can happen to a human being. Yeah. Do you think you currently or what you're doing is actually in line with your purpose? Um, well, I, I definitely think so. One, because um, I feel like thriving supermama is not something that gets me tired. And I think Papa doesn't necessarily get me tired. You know, unlike having a job that somebody doesn't like, um, you get extremely tired. This is something that I wake up in the middle of the night to think about, which has absolutely nothing to do with me. You know, I'm not necessarily... Um, the one who's benefiting from all the information, right? But the fact that yeah. mm-hmm. it's coming through me and I'm trying to seek an expert on this, an expert to talk about grief or to talk about miscarriages, for example, or to talk about sleep training, that has, has absolutely nothing to do with me. I've, I've probably not passed any of the stages. But the fact that I feel greatly that somebody else needs to benefit from it I felt like in my life, it's one of those things that I am doing that is not equals to giving me a lot of money per se, but it's actually impacting somebody else's life, which that shows I'm being used as a vessel to somebody else. And definitely, I think that's what purpose is all about. 
You're absolutely right, Rachel. That is what purpose is all about. And bless you for having a platform where you encourage and work with mamas and women who are going through various things. And, you know, just impacting their lives is really, really amazing. Yeah. As we wrap up this um, episode, yeah. what would you tell a mom out there who is stepping into motherhood, very clueless about what to expect? What would you tell them? Yeah. Um, when, well, I think it, that question just took me back to when I was a new mom. <laughs> and then <laughs> describe it is clueless in, in cups. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So. And the the beauty, what I can tell them is you can move from being clueless to being informed by being intentional mm-hmm. around the information that you see. Um, I know mostly in an African setup and Kenyan, um, we're still in the motherhood phase where, as I had mentioned earlier, what your grandmother and what your mom did is what necessarily you do. But uh, yeah. in the same way things have changed and now your grandmother is adjusting to WhatsApp and, you know, it's, it's adjusting to using airplanes, for example, is the same way you should also adjust your parenting to the new way, right? Because every generation comes with their own season. So I'd love to tell a new mom that you don't have to be clueless around parenting. You can seek information and uh, in different ways, even now, you can decide to choose Thriving Super Mama as your way where you can check, you can listen and be involved with many of the articles that we write or even listen to the experts that we stream in so that you actually get to parent from an informed perspective. I know there's a misconception that most moms want to probably learn on the way and you're thinking, why do I need to struggle and learn all this? But an informed parent or an informed mama is a better parent than the one who's not. Because at the time that you will reach that season, where you're experiencing, at least you have an idea, you know, mm-hmm. if it's only mm-hmm. a certain rush. Uh, if you probably read about the condition, skin conditions, different skin conditions that a baby could pro- probably have, you're more informed that when you see a certain rush, you may think that, oh man, this is something I should stay at home, or this is heat rush, or maybe this I should rush to the hospital. Uh, in comparison to the one who absolutely has no idea, right? So, mm-hmm. as a mama, um, want to yearn to learn more. It's I'm not saying that you say no to everything that is passed down to you by your mother, or you know, it takes a village to raise a child. But the challenge with a village these days is that everybody has something to say about how you should raise your baby, right? And that can get very confusing. <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah. can. Are supposed to be held like this. No, no, no. Babies are supposed to be held upright. No, you should put them lying down on the left side. And as a new mom, you're thinking, who should I follow? Um, and expert advice is always best, and you can actually just access it. Wow. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your journey. Um, life is a journey and we actually get to learn a lot from what other people's journeys have been. And yeah. that's the one thing I really keep saying up here on my podcast that, you know, every person has a story and that story is worth listening to. It's worth sharing. And you always get to pick a lesson or two from a story. So thank you for coming. I am sure our listeners today have picked a uh, 
um, lesson or two from your story. And thank you too for the work that you're doing with Thriving Super Mama. I think moms really do need a lot of support, um, mm-hmm. especially when they're just getting into motherhood and even as they walk through the journey. So yeah. thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Um, I really hope and believe and wish and pray that uh, your work is going to continue making an impact in a lot of women's lives. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's really an honor to, you know, just to put myself out there and even put the information out there because you never know. You It's just like saving lives. You, you don't know how, what information is going to help save which life, but at least you're you sleep at night knowing that a life is saved. So, <laughs> wow. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Hey, thank you so much for featuring me. All right.